Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. That's very gay. Yes. Cause would yeah. you consider yourself a butch, Molly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be an honor, really. <laughs> to, to be, be in that category. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's thrilled to see this year's Pride going back to basics and calling for an end of policing as we know it. I am Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Melody Kamali. And today we are diking out with comedian Molly Carney about being loud and proud. Molly has been featured on Comedy Central's Up Next and performed in Clusterfest in San Francisco, among other cool things. Molly, it's so good to dike out with you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm Thanks. always diking out with y'all. <laughs> Great. That's what we love to hear. Yes. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. We are actually having our virtual Pride show, and it is going to be Thursday, June 25th at 8 p.m. More details to come, but we've started locking down the lineup, and we are very excited about this. We're going to be uh, raising money for a good cause. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time. Sorry to our uh, UK listeners. I know that's a little bit hard, but uh, yeah, we're excited and more and information. Yeah, you can stay up till 1 a.m. in the UK yeah. if you really want. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not too bad. I don't know why I thought it was going to be like in the middle of the night. Uh, didn't think it through, but... <laughs> I guess our Russian listeners, this is going to be a <laughs> yeah. tough one for you. Sorry to the Ruski Susans. Also a reminder to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, give us a five stars. It helps. And you can also get extra content. We're putting a lot of stuff up on our Patreon at patreon.com uh, slash diking out. You can also get things like temporary tattoos and pins and we really appreciate it it helps keep the podcast going and also just like last week you can look at the links in our show notes of great places to donate and help uh, continue to keep the momentum up for fighting for racial justice now and until forever forever yeah we're just getting started just getting started. And also, I want to say that I appreciate um, most of the listeners. We do have one MAGA <laughs> listener who I do not appreciate uh, her, her racist comments that she hits us with on Instagram. But uh, to the other listeners who wrote to talk about this, especially a, a UK a uh, police officer was like, are you serious? You want to abolish police and let people out of prison? And she actually was open to listening and learning about how different it is in the U.S. So than other countries. Very different. What the problems are and why it really demands a dismantling of everything about how um, the justice system works in 
this country because it is not just. And uh, yeah, really appreciate, you know, we're seeing people posting and giving and listeners trying to find their own ways to keep raising money. Um, One listener, Karina, who's New York based, she's great. She's doing a um, makeup giveaway, just cool creative ideas like that to keep up with the momentum. And you know what, listeners, you inspire me. You're awesome. I love you guys so much, except for the MAGA one. Get with the program. Except for the one MAGA one who just oh. continues to choose to follow us and, and you engage. are going to be pissed. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to change our content. Yeah. You don't have to follow. She loves it. Yeah. I, what if it was me? What if I was like, <laughs> hey, no, never. I would be disowned as a, my parents would disown me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got good ones. Good. Oh, good. good. Are they in Ohio? They are. They're in Cleveland. Yeah. Thank goodness. We need some some good ones in Ohio. Just oh, yeah. Shift the balance there. Cleveland, right? Or Cleveland yeah, area? Cleveland, I still have your. Side, I have one of your hoodies actually from years back. A big Cleveland hoodie. Um, Molly yeah. is one of my dear friends from back in Chicago. Molly now lives in L.A. I'm in New York. I'm so happy to see you oh. right now. I'm so happy to see you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I gave her that sweatshirt, but there's a huge coffee stain on it. So I was like, she's like, are you sure you want me to get have this? And I was like, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this whole time I haven't given you the sweatshirt back because I was convinced I put the coffee stain on it and I didn't want you to see your hometown sweater ruined. You did that? No, no. Oh, yeah. It was, it's either coffee or like mystery Bud Light or Yeah, something. it's a huge yeah. brownish spot. Oh, that's so funny. I've been like kind of scared to show it to you oh, and I've been holding on, on to it for that reason <laughs> I'm big pen I'm, I'm messy it's hell all yeah <laughs> and you need that sweatshirt more than me in New York oh yeah out here in LA I'm counting my freckles I'm gonna become one large freck yeah how's it going out there it's really good I love the weather I went in the pool for the first time yesterday nice Molly uh, you're relatively new to LA when did you move there again like I'm mid, middle of January, oh, and yeah. uh, okay. let me tell you, I got good timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's like I got here, and I did a few shows, and then, you know, lockdown, but we at least got our couch in bed, so life is good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been seeing your puzzles on social media. You guys look nice and cozy. Oh, man, I did eight puzzles in, like, three weeks. Eight 1,000-piece <laughs> puzzles. Shout out to Deborah Giovanni because she's our neighbor and she's got a bunch of puzzles. Nice. And Another very good comic. But now comic. I'm over it. Yeah, great comic. Great person. But My no. wife started a puzzle this week and I wasn't looking forward to it because I know how she is with puzzles. She she does the border and then lets it sit there for like a month mm. without. And now I don't have a coffee table because it's just covered in puzzle pieces. Do you do the border first? Because I don't do the border first and... My girlfriend thinks Whoa. I'm a psycho. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's crazy. Everyone thinks I'm a psycho. I don't know. I have really bad ADD, um, and I go for the colors. I find the colors. And then I like. I usually start in the middle. Hey, you know, different and strokes. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. She is. Yeah. And you are an artist. Molly's also a visual artist. Awesome. <laughs> I am. I'm bringing the content, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carolyn. Quick, yeah. Quick question. What? What's the gayest thing you did in the last week? <laughs> so we're about to get 
all sorts of all over the place because I need you to help me decide what's the gayest thing I did this week. It was a very gay week for Good. me. Just nice really gay June week you had. A banner week for Pride Month. I was put in Twitter jail Uh-oh. for calling J.K. Rowling a cunt. Wait, was this on your personal account or on the Diking Out account? That was on my personal account, <laughs> yeah. Take it straight to the business. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people have followed what's going on, and uh, I haven't read her personal essays about it or whatever. It was just like, while everybody is screaming, arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor, J.K. Rowling is like, why are you trying to erase my vagina, trans people? She really picked the strangest time to (laughs) jump on that soapbox. That's so crazy. Why? Very on brand for an out of touch white lady billionaire, right? Yeah. Just just thinking like this is the time to go after a marginalized community <laughs> and make myself the victim. Uh, and then she had some post where she was upset that an article said people who menstruate instead of women. So she was like, people who menstruate. Mm, there's a word for that. Is it woomund and like made up words and stuff like that? And I said, well, if you're referring to yourself, it's cunt. And, oh. and, then, I, and then like, four, and, I, oh. and then I didn't really think about it again. And then like four days later, I think like her turf friends went on and just started reporting everybody who was shitting on uh, their, their new BFF God. in the cause. JK Rowling, uh, just really so rich that she has to be terrified of something that's not real in that thinking that people want to erase her womanhood. Yeah. That's what she's, that's what's keeping her up at night. So. Yeah. For someone with such an imagination, it's kind of right? crazy how close minded she like, really is. Maybe, thank God Harry Potter came out of that dumbass brain before <laughs> that tweet did because. I think we should have known though that, that, all the all the pieces weren't there because of things like uh, Quidditch, the rules. What's up with that? Sounds like something a turf would write. Uh, so you- we all look to Daniel Radcliffe. He's woke, right? He's woke. I didn't read, but he- yeah. I don't know. I mean, because I've been consumed with other news in the last right. couple of weeks that it's just really been periphery. But I did see that Daniel Radcliffe like tweeted something or I didn't yeah, read it. Yeah. Me neither. I didn't even want to give it time. We're but busy. I'm like, I'm like, I trust that you got it, Daniel. JK, go back to I don't know. Go back in your hole. <laughs> yeah, go back in your hole and count your gold. Literally. Another gay thing this week I've been putting together uh IKEA furniture for a DIY uh banquet seating that I'm doing in my living room. <laughs> Molly sounds fancy for a one bedroom New York apartment in Queens. <laughs> Molly but... is fist pumping and nodding hard. Molly might be the biggest dyke I know, actually. And you love to build. <laughs> yeah, I do love a good build. So I feel I like love. Molly's gonna vote for that one. 
It's great. It's a it's an IKEA hack. I'm putting uh, bookshelves on their sides and making seating out of it. So now I need to do the cushions for it. So I ordered um, a bunch of like cushioning material from Home Depot a day before everybody's like Home Depot's canceled. You got to shop at Lowe's. Mm, yeah. That's a big hit to the lesbian community. I could change the order, but also I, the Home Depot is in walking distance and like the Lowe's is all the way at the other end of Brooklyn. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing it. I'm keeping my Home Depot purchase. I, I'll know better going forward, but yeah, going forward, you know, it's, it's all about what you got going forward. But don't think I didn't move here because I could walk to Home Depot. That's why I moved to this neighborhood in Queens, which leads me to another gay thing I did this week. She don't. Stop. So we've got J.K. Rowling uh, assembling furniture, and I created a, uh, a neighborhood group on Facebook for all the queer people in my neighborhood and have been collecting them and recruiting them, and some of them are Susans, and that's exciting. Nice. And once it's safe to do so, <laughs> we're going to hang out and... Uh, it's truly a collection of the coolest people. They all have really cool jobs or hobbies. This one likes to bake and she makes like themed food for these watch parties or something like that. I don't know. But she sent a picture of one she did for Carrie and she made these like uh, eclairs into tampons. <laughs> and it's the what? funniest thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet all these queer people uh, in my neighborhood and talk to them, but it's like all lesbians and like a handful of quiet gay men who have. Why do you think they call it queens? <laughs> I'm sorry. <Boom>. <laughs> Side's very gay. Weirdly, your neighborhood's very gay. That's what I'm learning, and everybody's very, very happy that we're all knowing that that we exist around here. So it's just gotten uh, a lot gayer, and I'm glad I could lead the charge on collecting and identifying the gay people in my neighborhood. Nice. <laughs> oh, except yeah. there was the one thing, the the one drama from that. So what happened is we had a, uh, a bigger neighborhood group that's full of drama. There's stuff about crows dying in 5G. There's a lot of debates <laughs> about whether black lives matter. Uh, there's a lot going on in that group. So that's why I was like, I need to form another group <laughs> where we can talk about the neighborhood and all be cool. So, so I posted, though, in that group to find the people to join the gay group. And then this one person joined and was like, um, hi, so excited to be here. I'm I'm the A in the acronym, big ally, big excited. And we're like, oh, that's not that's- it. <laughs> 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 so I took a screenshot and I sent it to uh, my friend. And I'm like, who's going to tell her that that's not what the A is for? And then uh, my friend responded and was like, hey, the A is actually for asexual. And she's like, no, I said I'm for one of the A's. It can be asexual or ally. And then she left the group. Uh, Okay. So so then I I felt like a little bit bad, but also like, I guess that was a good ally because she knew she knew where she wasn't wanted. Uh, We're here to talk about gay shit. Uh, We appreciate allies, but if it's like a group that's specifically for collecting queers um, Queer support collection. us from afar you know you love collecting queers 
Collecting yeah. queers. Like I do it uh, on Instagram, at EveryGaySusan. EveryGaySusan on Instagram. Check it out. <laughs> Just collecting them. So I don't know. Uh, of those, what's the gayest? Um, the gay group. The gay You're group. creating a gay, gay yeah, group that's is pretty gay. Okay. Pretty gay. I, I want to say the J.K. Rowling thing to just highlight how awful she is, but I'm going to go with the gay group. Awesome. Um, Melody, yeah. what's the gayest thing that you did this week? Hmm. Well, couple gay things this last week. I finally used our gay sponsors, Gay Lube, infused with CBD. Because <laughs> I'd been using the tinctures and gummies, finally used the lube, love it. CBD-infused lube is very cool and interesting. Um, little tip, put it, I guess you have to put it on, like, a little before you want to actually feel the effects of it. That's the only thing. It's like, you can't just expect it to work right away. Got it. But I'm still learning. Yeah. That's not the gayest thing I did this week, though. The gayest thing by far is going to Jacob Reese Beach. Um, are you familiar with this beach, people? Molly, I don't expect you to be because you live in L.A. We've talked about it on the pod before, but more in terms of the fact that I'm full of shame for <laughs> having never been because uh, beaches in New York City are, are something that I've just... It it just does not sound like fun to me. Cecilia begs me to go every summer. They're and I'm so just like, fun. What if I have to poop? I just that's there's a bathroom. Is okay. it a nude beach? Nude yeah. Beach? So the history of um, Reese Beach, it's called the People's Beach, and like its geotag on Instagram is literally the People's Beach, a community beach for LGBT POC. It is at the end of the Rockaways that are, you know, there's a lot of families at this beach and then you get to the very end of this beach and suddenly it's like a rave. It's a lot of colors. There's pride flags everywhere. A lot of gay men, a lot of gay people of color, a lot of trans people feel comfortable being there. It's just a very open and accepting beach for all bodies, basically. Um, it started off in the 40s with a lot of white gay men going there to kind of cruise and meet up, hang out. Um, there's awesome pictures of it if you Google Reese Beach. It's um, a historical site in New York. R-I-I-S. So. R-I-I-S. Yeah, Jacob Reese Park. Um, eventually in the 50s, lesbians came to the beach. Um, and then by the 60s, it really diversified and became a place for um, gay people of any color, a lot of black and Latinx people started to come to that beach. And now it's just the best people watching in all of New York. Um, oh, also wow. in, um, I think in the sixties, they made it clothing optional. It's a topless beach too, but you don't really even notice it. Cause there's just so much going on around you. I don't know. It's the happiest place and a lot of in like New York body for me. diversity. Like, yes. It is very yeah. like seeing, um, body positive. It's so body positive positive there's bodies of every shape and size there and i love that people who have gotten top surgery don't like i've gone with friends who feel totally fine there with their scars everyone it's just normal there's it's not yeah. i don't know it's not a judgy place it's a very happy place there's just like this energy you get as you walk up to it because you have to walk past the more family friendly parts of the beach and then you feel it as you get closer and closer and you see more and more rainbow flags um I went there last Pride um, instead of the parade. I opted to go there instead, and a lot of people did too. It's very 
good as an alternative to like a super corporate pride. It's just, I literally saw a drag, an um, impromptu drag show pop up on this beach that walked their little runway, walked into the beach. It's like, see people in full drag, just hanging out on a hot summer day. I don't know. I, I really love it there. And I was uh, researching it after I went a couple days ago and I saw, I found an Instagram account called Femme for Reese. Femme, F-E-M-M-E, for the number four, R-I-I-S. And it looks like someone started uh, Instagram for all the like dykes who go to that beach. And it's just... That's awesome. A great thing to scroll through. I'm literally doing it right now. Um, <laughs> well, that is That's super, gay. super gay. And I'm going to pledge to go to Reese with you. Yes. Bring Cecilia and Allie. We'll go to Reese Beach, and I think we should record there because I'm a psycho. Oh my and god! Yes, that would be amazing. That would, Let's do yeah. that. We'll record it's the gay a, capital. Um, yeah. The New Yorker last summer did a whole like photo essay on it. Um, I want. I think it needs more attention. I don't know because it's crazy how many gay people I talk to in New York who don't know about it. Um, I just learned about it. I think last summer. Last summer, I learned about the summer before summer last, before. Um, yeah. and then last summer, I was away from my girlfriend all summer. Allie was down in North Carolina. Her mom was in the hospital, and I was very alone. So I used to just get on the except, bus. It's very, except what? When I slept on your face. Oh, my God. Except for the week <laughs> that Molly came to New York, which was just <laughs> so happy. Just so, I had been alone all summer in isolation, and then this beautiful, joyful person came into my life for a week and I tried to convince her to move to New York because she was trying out New York and LA, eventually opted for LA. I get it. But I didn't take her to Reese Beach and I think that really would have made you flip to New York. I should have taken you there. That's where I think that's how I know I'm familiar with it. I probably talked about it. Yeah, I used to just hop. You can get on the bus. Um, There's a bus that drops people off right at the gay part of the beach. And I used to just go there when I was really sad and alone last summer. And I would always run into queer friends. Like, I could just count on the fact that I would run into people there. And if you don't, you, you make friends. I tend to go with my gay male friends a lot. And... I'm so glad, Carolyn, you will join me because it is definitely for cruising for gay Ah. men. Like I will, I went into the water with my friend, Justin, countless times this would happen. We'd walk into the water, wade in a little bit. I would hear Justin, someone he'd recognize from scruff and I'd turn around again and they're making out and they're gone. So I really need to be going with some dykes because I just keep losing my gay male friends while we go there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll start uh, stockpiling my SPF 50 now. Yes. (laughs) Another reason that keeps me away. Molly, you have a gay all week? (laughs) Oh, I have the gayest weeks all the time. (laughs) I, let's see, I've been, I had to throw away my old Birkenstocks. I'm wearing, I'm warming up a new pair. That was my gay Uh, thing last week. I finally got my first pair of Birkenstock sandals. Oh man, they gay. they remind me of high school. They're just they, yeah, like a, ha- 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 hammocks for your feet. <laughs> they're just so great. Like I, I don't even care. Like anybody's allowed to. Ha- they're like Crocs. It's like just get yourself a pair and shut up. They're so comfortable. <laughs> My mom got me a pair of blue Crocs in high school. She's like, they're for gardening. You should wear them. I'm like mom, I don't garden, but now <laughs> they're still. I still got them. Oh my god. I, 
I got to see this. I called. You know what I've been doing? I've been calling people ma'am and sir all the time <laughs> lately since I moved here. Like, I feel like in the Midwest, I didn't do that that much. But now I'm like, well, I'm from the Midwest. I got to bring it here. Got to so represent. Like, Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, miss. Uh, I made a lot of turkey burgers this week. I think that's pretty gay. Oh, that's so that's, gay. That is gay. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm, I'm if like, it was hey, a vegan ma- burger. Yeah, vegan Beyond Burgers are the gayest. Beyond Burgers. You had yourself a bisexual gay. burger. I'm just kidding. Don't yeah. come for me. I guys. did. I guess I did. Have, <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend Allison. My girlfriend's name is Allison as well. Uh, yes, we both have Allison girlfriends. Yes, my girlfriend is Melody's old roommate. And I encouraged Molly to go for her. Yeah, you did. Oh, my gosh. That was so... I, like, get nervous in my stomach thinking about how nervous I was when I did that. Yes! (laughs) But, yeah, I'll be like, hey, babe, I'm putting a turkey burger on. Because she's a vegetarian. So I'm like, what do you want? You want me to top some tofu in there? But I love turkey burgers. (laughs) So... Oh, here's something I've... This is something that... Actually, I think it's less gay that I did. I think I, everything that I do is so gay that I might have to take your question and alter it. I, <laughs> What's the least gay thing you did? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the least gay thing I did was I went to, when I went to the pool yesterday with um, our friend and Allison, I wore, usually I wear a pair of unisex swim shorts. Yes. I got a couple colors. And I'll I'll pop on a top like a sports bra or like a Nike top and you know yeah. But yesterday I was it was ninety three degrees here and I was like you know what I went into my closet and I got my speedo one piece and I didn't wear any shorts so I just let my thighs my thighs have never have not seen the the sun and <laughs> since yeah. like I was probably last time I wore a onesie which was when I was in like fourth grade. <laughs> How did it feel? I felt absolutely incredible. Like, I felt like the girl from Little Miss Sunshine. I was like, wow! Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, but and yeah, but now I've been exposing my belly a lot. Um, this is new for me, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, God, I, I got an innie belly button. Just a little thing everybody wants, if you wanted to know <laughs> that about me. Like, I think the person who cut my umbilical cord... Um, might have cut it like too short. Like my belly button, I think goes to my back, goes through to my back. <laughs> it's like a gaping hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's a sinkhole, really. Like I could put like a whole quarter in there, and you would be like, it's like you got a quarter behind your ear. No, sir, it's in my belly button. You just don't know it. <laughs> um, but oh, I painted my nail. I painted two of my nails, accent nails. <laughs> Which That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's Molly's thumb on one hand and middle finger on the other. Hot That's pink. great. Love it. Yeah. Because this- I do want a little color. I want a little flair, but I don't want to be a complete lady. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's very so, gay. Because yes. would yeah. you consider yourself a butch, Molly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be an honor, really. <laughs> to, to be, be in that category. <laughs> I really like that as like a new queer trend of only the accent nail. Yeah, I just am like, people have accent walls. I'm an artist. Why can't I have accent fingers? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's losing it. No. <laughs> Aren't we all? 
the whole bathing suit thing, it's a challenge. And I ordered this bathing suit from Tomboy X. And it was one where I was like, this is amazing because I won't have to shave to wear it. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's like shortsy. It's short, but it like zips up the front and it, it was almost like a little surfing thing. Like a wetsuit? Kinda like short, so, yeah, like a wetsuit. That's the word that humans use. And uh, I was so excited about it. It was like gray and it had little sharks on it. And I'm like, oh my God, like so much less area that I have to worry about getting burnt in the sun. Um, but the only problem was there was like no, like it was the same material everywhere. So my boobs were just like there. It was like, what's that Not, thing from Star Wars where the guy imprints his face into the cement wall? That's how I feel when my boobs are in a not wearing a bra. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, for anyone who needs a good bathing suit who has tiggle bitties, you need to go to Bowdoin for that. That's big titties. That's big old titties. This is a UK based company, but their bathing suits are very structured um, and they, they keep it tight. And sculpt a lot of our listeners have actually found my pictures from last summer because I post so rarely that it's not hard to find my pictures from last summer. And you can see I have like this cute bathing suit that I got from Bowdoin. It has rainbow accents on it and it's very queer and it's so structured. And for anyone wondering, that's from Bowdoin. I have had to send the link out to a few people asking, but yeah, Bowdoin. I need a structured life. That makes sense. It's a one piece, of course. I don't fucks with <laughs> two pieces. Yeah, it it was like because my boobs are are small, but I just needed it to be like tighter or something. But like I've never had issues because my boobs are so small. So I've never been like, oh, they feel like too loose and unsupported. And then for the first time, I was like, I can't wear this in public. This is. <laughs> I got cannons. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I I was riding our like stationary bike the other day and my girlfriend was sitting on the couch, I guess. And she's like, I looked over, she's like, we got to get you some new sports bras. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, these are new. Like I'm locked and loaded in here. She's like, no, it looks like you're going to get two black eyes. I guess like the bike was like, it's like, that's why I don't run. I'm like, man. Oh yeah. That's, that's why I can't run either. Uh, I feel like the listener is going to be like, how big are her titties? <laughs> Follow at me, Brick Molly. Check him out. <laughs> I got turkey, turkey meat. If you're wondering what kind of meat. <laughs> the most butch description of big boobs I've ever heard. I got cannons. <laughs> I got two honkers. Big old cannons. So, Molly, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. I mean, besides the cannons. <laughs> We're good on that area. What else about you? From Ohio. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland. God's country. Is that? Yeah, that's right. I, I like to call it LeBron James country. Yeah. Um, Since what year, though? I love LeBron James. What year did LeBron James join? LeBron James joined the NBA in... T- or Cleveland. Well, he was born in Akron, Ohio, which is like 40 minutes. Oh, I didn't even know he was born there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He was, he was a, when I was a freshman in high school, he joined the NBA. So 2005. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, wow, you really put me on the spot there. We're like, Molly, tell you about yourself. And I knew <laughs> you'd immediately start talking about LeBron James. <laughs> I do. I just love the guy. He's such a good guy. But yeah, I'm from Cleveland. I, I lived in Chicago where I met you, Melody, for a couple of years. Um, and now I'm in L.A. And for most of my life, I from 18 until like my present present day I, I grew up on like an island in Lake Erie called Putin Bay. It's by Cedar Point, which is America's largest roller coast. <laughs> A little brag. As someone who grew up in Buffalo, I know all about Cedar Point. That was oh, yeah. like the the big vacation family vacation destination for it was either you were like a Disney family or a Cedar yeah. Point family. We were Six yeah. Flags family, but what's the deal? Six Flags great too. Yeah, what's with Cedar Point? It's just like a classic. Yeah, they have so many. I don't even know what how many they have now, but they every single year they come out with a new roller coaster. And now they've taken up so much of the land that like some go over the water. It gets on the lake. Um so right by there, there's a ferry station, and you take ferries to. There's multiple islands in Lake Erie. Um, there's one that's the largest one is Pelee Island, which is technically Canada. So you need your passport. Hmm. But there's multiple other islands, and one's Putin Bay, which is a popular tourist location. It's where I had my first job, where I sold ice cream. So I, per- I perfected the ice cream swirl, if you will. <laughs> You say that like it's a euphemism for something else, <laughs> like you are selling drugs. Well, there are a lot of drugs up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you grew up there. Well, I grew up going there in the summers, and that's where a lot of my, like, my mom worked up there when she was in college, going through nursing school. Because there's, there, it's one mile by, it's it's really small. It's only a couple miles uh, circumference-wise or whatever. I don't even fucking know, <laughs> man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there's 54 bars up there 54 bars on one island yeah it's um and you worked at a bar too right yeah i worked at multiple places i was like a cave tour guide it's where i came out um, it's where you came out i was Tell yeah us i was that. one of the first first gay people on the island i remember my friend mark loud and who, proud let's get oh, loud yeah. and proud oh, yeah. here we go loud and proud I was closeted for a while because I was like 18 and then I think I came out around 21 and then I was just like, by that time I knew everybody, mostly everybody up uh, year around people. So I was like, whatever, I'm gay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then there, you know, people started coming out of the cracks, other gay people. And I was like, good for you. Yes. And, yeah. It's a very open place and a lot of kids go up there to work for, in between college summers and we'll pay, they could, I mean, you could pay, you could make 20 to 30 grand in like a couple months and yeah. And I did make that much money, but I did not leave with that much money. (laughs) I'd leave with like one summer, my 20, when I was 21, that summer when I could legally go to the bars because they're very strict with IDs and stuff. I had to borrow money to get off of the Island. To get back to oh my college. God. I was making like, all I, this cash and tips and like. I, I, oh my God. I remember I would make like $300 a shift. Like, and I, I, I remember I would leave with cash and I'd be like, hell yeah. And on my walk home, 
I would pass like seven bars <laughs> yeah. and I we would know everybody. So I'd be like, I'll pop in and say hello. And then there's like a bachelorette party in there and you're like, ah, shop for everyone. And then I wake up with like four crinkled dollar bills and I'm like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit. And there's no stores up there. It's not like I can go shopping, you know? So I would spend a lot of my money on like dumbass shirts, like, I, I remember there there would be a bunch of bachelor bachelorette shirts, and I bought fifteen of the same shirt for everybody who I went out with that day, and it said, uh, <laughs> "If you want to get a hold of these," and it was two cartoon hands on breasts. You better own a boat, and it was because <laughs> I got to get off this island, and I'm broke from buying all these shirts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh my god! And there's like a hat shop. That's pretty much it. Oh. But, Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah, I spent I started stand-up up there as well. Yeah, what's and the stand-up <laughs> scene like on Putten Island? <laughs> You're looking at it. Um, <laughs> there's a couple older guys who are like year-round islanders who would play like music musical comedy and sing like you know like margaritaville and shit (laughs) and they would have and it would just be like straight old white men singing these songs and i remember i was like hey uh i was like 20 i was like mind if i get up there and do some jokes (laughs) and i remember i wasn't allowed in the bar unless i was my excuse was like well i'm a well i'm a performer i'm talent you know and i would get up there and there'd just be people just staring at me like not I don't even know what my jokes were I, I it was absolutely garbage you're just reading off t-shirt slogans <laughs> oh it was horrible it was horrible I was like I woke up drunk this morning <laughs> like I dropped my Adderall down the crack of the boardwalk that's but 
Yeah, it was wild. I, and then I started doing like hour long shows and I would not perform for the tourists, but I would more so perform for all the island workers, the young kids on like yeah. a Tuesday because everybody would be off during the week. And um, they would come there and it would just be some loud lesbian, only lesbian for miles, just t- being trying to be funny. But then I moved to Chicago and I was like, people do five minutes sets because <laughs> I was doing like an hour and no, it was not good, but it was like I was used to be performing for an hour. So when I went moved to Chicago, I remember Grace Lusk was a friend yes. who was, yeah, you're a friend of both of ours. And she's like, yeah, go up there, five minutes. And I was like, five minutes? Like, I never wrote anything down. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, <laughs> Molly, I got to see you kind of like, I think start out in the Chicago comedy scene. Um, just like... it's probably horrendous. So much raw talent. But I remember specifically, like, the first time we really talked, we were booked on a show together. And um, I went up and I came back to like the green room or something and you were like hey melody i noticed um you you had your jokes written out and you kind of wrote some <laughs> notes before you go on what is that because <laughs> molly doesn't need like molly just goes out there and is funny and is very loud and proud and is just undeniably funny but yeah so much raw talent thank but you i was buddy. like i must yes, i must sweet. know her and set her up with my roommate I was How, more just unorganized. <laughs> <laughs> How gay were you on stage? Like, is that something that you talk about a lot and center in your act? I talk about a lot about my family. And I talk about, like, me being one of the only gays in the family, which, and everybody's very open. Like, I talk about how my gram- my grandma, like, found out I was gay. And she's like, about time somebody admits it around here, you know? Like, you know, like that. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of game material, but I also just like to gotta relate to all the all the people, you know. So, <laughs> but I'm so gay that's like, wow, that girl is so gay. You don't have to that's talk kinda, about it; it's just yeah. Known. <laughs> I mean, my voice is. I mean, you're you know, literally loud. loud and proud. <laughs> yeah, I'm loud. Yeah, with my cannons. <laughs> Did you have any loud and proud people you looked up to that kind of like shaped your perspective or voice? coming up like famous people like famous, famous people? people oh wow um uh, gay idols oh you know what in college i so i wasn't i, I wasn't gay until no I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I i was in the closet till my junior year so sophomore year i lived with four of my friends and our friend john who lived with us illegally because like his roommate was kind of homophobic or whatever. He was the only one out at the time. And we were like, you live with us. We're we're pulling your mattress across campus and you're staying with us. (laughs) And we built a triple bunk bed (laughs) and it was me, John and our friend Nora. And I was like, wow, the three of us, we're all such good buddies and we're all just so different. How are we such good friends? And then a year later, me and Nora came out and we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're just a bunch of gay wads living in a triple bunk bed. That's what it is. And we went to a Catholic college. So like, we were literally the only gay for miles or out. So people were always questioning, like, like they were fine with us being gay, but they're like, so what is it? So you're gay. And this is 10 years ago. So people are like, what the hell? Was your family very Catholic or? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, still are. Yeah, I don't know. He's past. My time. mom was like, 
when, uh, you know, Lent comes around, you, when you're younger, you're taught to give up something that you love for, like, you know, a Lenten promise or whatever. And one year, like, in fifth grade, I gave up smelling uh, lip smackers because I... <laughs> I loved lip smackers so much that I was like, I'm giving up smelling lip smackers, like huffing lip smackers. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard anybody give up for Lent. That is insane. <laughs> huffing and my, smack. My mom, oh my God. Then I think a couple of years ago, my dad was like, hey, Maldell, what, what you giving up for Lent? And my mom's like, she doesn't have to give up anything for Lent. The the church won't let the gays in, so she doesn't have to follow those rules. And my dad's like, "All right, yeah, that's fine." I love and, it. Uh, yeah, they're not strict. Like they're not strict Catholics, but you know, grew up going to church on Sunday. Sure, that was the worst. Oh my god, I loved it. What? So I, I mean, <laughs> Buff- Buffalo and Cleveland are the same. Yeah, uh, except we do not have anything close to LeBron James, but. Uh, <laughs> We don't even have a basketball team, but uh, we have O.J. Simpson. Oh, good. That's our most famous <laughs> sports dude. No, I, I loved going to church because I got to uh, hang out with my grandparents and they were really cool. I would just go with my grandma and grandpa. So I like spending time with them. And then they would uh, take me out to eat afterwards. And then sometimes we'd go to Golden Corral. And nice. let me tell you, I thought Golden Corral was the best place on earth and I always wanted to go there and my mom was like can you stop asking us to take you to Golden Corral we don't want to go but as a kid it's like the coolest thing there's an ice cream machine the ice cream machine yeah and you can put a brownie in the bowl and then pour the ice cream on the brownie which was a trick my grandpa taught me yes there's a chocolate fountain I just went to a Golden Corral last year for the first time ever my parents moved to the south we didn't have any I don't know maybe they were in Connecticut but not near me um, but my parents just moved to South Carolina and they're everywhere. We went to one and I kind of love it. <laughs> I would love going to church if I got it was great. a treat after. I, I just got to sit in, in between my brothers, like sweating and feeling nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and whenever the, my mom's like, do you want to sign up to bring up the gifts next week? And I'd be like, no, no. Because so I'd be wearing my brother's clothes. I was such a little closeted gay. Uh, your TBTs oh. are priceless. Oh, my TBTs. Your TBT pictures. Your throwbacks. Your throwback Thank Thursdays you. of you as a little gay kid. A little gay boy. Mm-hmm. Do you look super gay in all of them? Or are there some uncomfortable ones where your mom tried putting you in like a dress with like a lace collar or something? <laughs> There was a reoccurring sailor dress that my mom would put me in. For like- <laughs> That's really gay. Yeah, like that, it was that probably like, did it. Had the sailor. Collar. That's what made you gay. Yeah, yeah. And in every picture, I just have a bunch of band aids on my knees. <laughs> um, but then I think when I could voice my opinion, I, my mom always said that uh, she let me wear whatever I wanted. She's like, you you could dress yourself, and and they're her. The outfits are so bad, <laughs> and I still like don't have like you know an eye for fashion. <laughs> But there's one where I, I hung out with all my boy cousins constantly. And one day, like before, you know, when I was like four or five, we were all naked in the yard. Or I had swim trunks on and they had swim trunks. And, and they drew 
like a dress on my girl cousin and marker and like the body markers. And I just have like a bow tie and like a little pen pouch, a pen. And that's, that's in my Instagram. That's embarrassing. But also it's not embarrassing. I'm proud. I'm proud. I don't have a dress on. Cause, you, Cause you're loud and proud, baby. That's right. Loud and, and proud. And your mom seems right. loud and proud. Your mom seems really cool. Oh yeah. My mom rules. Like just this morning, she's like, you know, our neighbor at the cottage, we all, you know, when you, when somebody makes your dad and grandma and grandpa mad, then you know, they're not a good person. You know what? She's a trumper. My, <laughs> <laughs> all my family calls people who are Trump supporters, Trumpers. And, uh, she's like, there's no reason, reasoning with a Trumper. You can't change their mind because they don't have one. Dis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. I love yeah, it. She, she's a hardworking woman. She's the best. Is she very uh, Midwestern? Are your parents from the Midwest too? Yeah. Um, very, yeah, very chill, normal, hardworking nurse, construction worker. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I wanted, this is what I wanted to tell you guys. In college, I lit my senior year, I lived in a house with 12 people, including my triple bunk bed people. And so one can, can we take house. a quick pause? I, I'm so sorry, but I want to know the mechanics of the triple bunk bed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See, we had uh, extra high ceilings in this in this dorm. Um, yeah. Luckily, usually they're shitty. And we just put the – it was really dangerous. Like we called it the tree house because it would like kind of teeter back and forth. <laughs> like if it was – so we put the bottom bunk all the way to the top prongs. What does that and mean? And then the top okay. one, like, or the, we put the... Got it. So someone was on the floor. Yes. John was on, indeed, on the floor. <laughs> with, with the threat of collapse. Yes. Yeah. And for sure death. Well, better than the pressure from his straight roommates in the other house, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And night would be like, good night, good night, good night. <laughs> and then John would be like, I hope tonight's not the night that I die. <laughs> And uh, Nora would have to climb all the way to the top. And it was like, if you were afraid of heights, like it was up there. It was super high. Two people actually knocked their teeth out on our bunk bed. (laughs) Two separate times. (laughs) Were they drunk? Oh, yeah. Probably. But yeah, we got a a big house. And um, we... Our college was very big on making sheet signs, like you'd cape your bed sheet and you'd spray paint on it or whatever uh, during like Sibs weekend or Parents weekend and people would come up with these catchy, stupid ass sayings. And it was John's birthday and John was the only uh, male identifying person in our house and he's my best friend from this to this day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make you a sign for your birthday. So you go to your little class, and when you come back, there's going to be a little present hanging off the side of the house. And I don't know how I thought as a student at this Catholic college that I thought this was okay to hang up. It said, and it was in rainbow colors, come have a beer, even if you're queer. If you like it in the rear, you're still welcome here. And I have it's a, it's on my Instagram. Yeah, you should. Read, Where do you keep back. your Nobel Prize for poetry? <laughs> yeah. Is that it's like really <laughs> humble you haven't brought it up yet? I remember just being in class. I'm like, 
I have to write John like it's it's his big. T- I think he was turning twenty one too, so I was like, it's gotta we gotta do this big, and it lasted. I think it lasted like six hours. That it stayed up. Yeah, which is a long time. We were in the student <laughs> neighborhood, and um, the person who had to, we had like a school uh, student disciplinary table, so like the students would you know, whatever. And uh, the person who had to punish me was one of our <laughs> roommates. <laughs> She's like, guys, what the <laughs> hell, man? Like, I have to report you to the board, and I have to tell them that it's my <laughs> house. And I was like, listen, technically you live on the second floor, so <laughs> it's a different unit. Is, was it the word queer or the lichen in the rear mm. that... What's the problematic oh, part? Sodomy. I think I forgot the apostrophe on you all. <laughs> They're like, unacceptable. This is college. How'd you get in? You're here? off the dean's list. <laughs> unacceptable. Get it. We get it. You're an art major, but get it right. Okay. Or pay the price. You lost your scholarship. Is John out in uh, loud and proud? Oh, yeah. He's he's actually, he was supposed to get, he lives in Ireland now, him and his uh, fiance, and they were supposed mm. to get married in June, yeah. but they had to cancel their wedding due to COVID, but it's not like their love's going anywhere. Am I right, people? You are right. I am actually missing all the weddings that I was dreading going to before the pandemic hit. I always complain about going to weddings, um, Uh, and I would kill to sit through a speech of a best friend that I don't know. know? (laughs) Oh, man. Have either of you had to give a speech before? Yeah, for the first time last summer. Okay. I sort of did. It was like during the ceremony, I wasn't the officiant, but they asked me to to speak about the couple because I knew them both very well. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, that's hard stuff. Yeah, I was shaking. It was like scarier than stand up doing that. I got a lot of praise for projecting because it was an outdoor wedding and a lot of the old people came up to me and were like, thank you. You were the only one we heard. <laughs> Rave reviews. Way to speak up up there, sister. I also wrote it the morning of the wedding, which... Me too. I hope my friend doesn't listen to this. I felt horrible because I was also like a bridesmaid and we were getting ready and doing all these things. And I was just like in a corner of the room trying to not stress out my friend getting married by having her see. I was like, oh, just making edits. Yeah, I woke up at 6 a.m. and went to the business center of the hotel we were all in. And made Allie get up with me so she can make sure I wasn't like delirious and it was making sense and was so sleep deprived by the time it was time to like read it at night at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it comes out more genuine when you're in the moment for that because you're like, all right, so I got to write mine. The only one I have only done one and it was for Nora who lived on the top, <laughs> top of the tree house. And, uh, so that was a gay wedding. So that was a little easier because mm-hmm. it was more related. Yeah, love. No, that makes sense. Is that weird? Let's talk about being at weddings or other places that are usually like very straight. I guess not a gay wedding, but like at straight weddings. Do you go out of your way to let everybody know that you're really gay? <laughs> How loud and proud are you? <laughs> I think they can tell <laughs> yeah, by my yeah. suit. And then to become relatable, I go, it's from Zara. <laughs> yes, Zara suits. Oh, yeah, Carolyn, you've talked about yeah. that. Yeah, that's where most of my suits are from. Okay. I have one wild fang suit. And I've Zara... been afraid to get a suit because of my 
boobs, but Molly's got cannons and found one, so I can probably yeah. find one. I got my cannons, and they <laughs> yeah. work. I want to sue. I've never worn one. I wear, like, a button-up all the way, like a fancy uh, sheer, I don't know what the material is called, button-up, and then, like, a, uh, and then I'll wear my black suit pants. I got a green jacket. And then I kind of show those ankles, because the ankles are my... Are my yes, hottest piece of my body. Ask, ask anyone. I got skinny <laughs> ankles. Cheese stick ankles. I'm telling you, they're skinny as hell. I am jealous. I'm so jealous. I am like really cankle territory. Uh. <laughs> the skinniest people have cankles. It's crazy. I honestly, <laughs> I know, it's, I'm a, like, it's a struggle with like <laughs> any boots that are, you know, that, that go up high. It's no zip. <laughs> people are like, Molly, <laughs> Molly, how do those little ankles hold up those cannons? <laughs> oh, but I and I wear penny loafers, shine, and I shine. I polish them before every wedding because I think because my my dad wears penny loafers to every wedding, so I got Aww, penny loafers. That's very so sweet. I put, a, I put a penny in them, and then usually the penny's gone by the end of. Have the Have you been to a wedding with? Uh, girlfriend or like a female date, like a straight wedding? We've been to about four or five. So two of those were gay weddings. Mm. And those were actually the first two we went to. So we, it was yeah. actually nice to like get acquainted to going to weddings as an out person, loud and proud. <laughs> but those, I'm telling you, those uh, straight weddings are, I mean, I still get a little, I squeeze my butt cheeks. Oh, I get yeah. A little, like, uh, Everyone in my mind is watching me and my girlfriend and upset. Like, mm-hmm. and they could be the most liberal, but if they're over a certain age, especially, I get really anxious dancing. Who, who's the Who's the lady? Who, who's yeah. the boy? Who's the boy? And I'm like, me. Look at my. <laughs> my favorite is when they uh, like during if it's a church ceremony, and then they read that. One part of the Bible that's like man, woman was made for man, and that is how it should be. And I'm just like, man, you guys knew I was coming to this wedding. <laughs> that Bible's very thick. There's got to be something else in there yeah. that you could have found instead of oh, me and my goodness. wife sitting through this garbage. Literally that. That 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 one. The first straight wedding we I took my girlfriend to, I remember she's never been to church, like any type of church. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, I was like, all right, are you ready for this? It was like all my Catholics. It was it was one of my friends from Catholic all-girls school. So it was like all Catholic people. <laughs> I'll never forget like her face sitting through that <laughs> mass. It was the long, you know, those are like the longest mass. Like my your, your toes go numb, you yeah. know, and you're sitting there. And she doesn't, you know, people are saying things and she's like, she's like, honestly, that felt really culty. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, that's just because you were raised without any religion at all. So, like, you have no sense of it. And I would also react that way. And she would be, like, squeezing my knee. That's what I do because I wasn't raised <laughs> with was any religion. Like, the only time I go to church is for a wedding and I need to squeeze someone. Yeah. <laughs> it does, it's freaky. If you're not used to it. I can only imagine it must be really freaky. Yeah, my ex-wife was like... 
she was so uncomfortable when uh, you're doing the sign of peace and everyone starts shaking hands and she's like, do I have to? That's your favorite part. Yeah, and then like holding her hands in the air oh. to bless the couple or whatever. And she, I've never seen her look more uncomfortable than the first time uh, we were in church for one of my friend's weddings. She's like, why are, why is everybody you know from Buffalo Catholic? I'm like, that's how it goes. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how Cleveland is too. Yeah, Cleveland and Buffalo are so similar. Yeah. Yeah, dude. uh, Bunch of Catholic Democrats. Yeah, that's for real what it is. Blue collar. And props, props to people going to church weddings when they aren't raised in any religion. Like that's, I would be absolutely like shocked. I'd be like, you're making me do what? And I'm sitting in a wooden what? Like I have to eat this what? I've only gone a couple times, but both times have been like mid- summer it's so hot and so it's like oh okay i'm 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 lighting on fire and <laughs> for being gay on in this right. church right now i am dying i also i i won't go up to get the um Snack? the communion because i'm gay <laughs> and that's my way of letting them know that i'm i'm a sinner and i'm not <laughs> repentful for it and i'm not going to eat your jesus bread yeah my mom only says i'm a sinner when i go to church and she can smell my alcohol <laughs> like the my hungoverness she's like now you're a sinner <laughs> i remember going to one wedding specifically and it was a college friend and it was a straight wedding but there was a bunch there was like six of us in the back and we were all six of us were gay we were all single at the time and we're like wow we all the gays are sitting in the back <laughs> of this church we're gonna burn this place <laughs> down like <laughs> And, and they put all the six single gay people at the God same damn table. it. <laughs> wow. And then another wedding we went to, we they put like, it was so crazy. It was like they put the gay couple, it was, the, there's one other gay couple and there was a biracial gay couple and a black couple. And we were all at one table and we all looked at each other and we all laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, they just didn't know where to put us, huh? This This is a... Republican yeah. wedding. Okay. At, at the same time, though, like if I weren't at that table, I'd be so pissed. I'm like, well, why didn't and you put me with everybody else that feels out of place here? <laughs> right. It That's was a good really point. Funny. Like it, I've only been offended because I've only been at the diversity table. <laughs> too. Yeah. Except for when I was in a wedding. That was the only time I haven't been at a diversity table at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, that was like the best. It was actually the best dinner table I've ever had at a wedding for sure. <laughs> Makes it makes me not want to do seating at my wedding. Oh, have you been invited to a gender reveal party? Have you ever gone to one of those? <laughs> I haven't. I'm just I've curious. <laughs> I have never, but I every time one of those comes up on Facebook or or TikTok, this, that's the exact reaction. Yeah. I go. <laughs> and they're even funnier when they like they're fucked up and they like break or they can't hit the pinata, mm-hmm. and I just sit there and I go. <laughs> Stupid little people. Well, I just found out gender reveal parties are different than baby showers. Um, because yeah, I got get, get with the time. Yeah, I had uh, this whole time. I thought they were just you reveal at the baby shower, but these are two separate events. I thought that's what you do. You hear about this? That's insane. That's <laughs> so many gifts. Yeah, I, w- I was at a baby shower and it felt. I mean, I'm pretty sure we were the only queer couple there. It was when I was with my ex and we were sat at a table with a a Mormon couple and I was so nervous and they had like seven kids 
And I'm like, oh no, uh, now I feel extra uncomfortable because I'm with these super religious Mormons. But then I remembered that Mormons <laughs> are the nicest people you can ever meet. And I was so happy to be at the Mormon table. They were so friendly and interesting. And we had like a great conversation and they were so nice. And I felt like way less judged by them than like all the the older people who were there and kind of like wondering what was the deal with these two women. <laughs> That's an uplifting moment for me to hear, yeah. honestly, because it, it is very it can be intimidating going to those things like as a more butch person too, or even with a partner because you're like, yeah. I've been through this before. If you're there with a partner, though, it's only because they don't know what to do because they only invite women to the baby showers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. And- my wife would be like, why am I going to this? I None of the husbands are going. Why should I have to go? I'm like, well, we both I don't believe invited. in babies. Yeah. yeah, Allie gets invited to the bachelorette parties of my good friends that she does not know because they yeah. don't know what to do and they invite her. Yeah. Um, and she's like sober. And so then they really regret probably in deep down inviting her because I'm not allowed to participate because I have to hang out with Allie in the corner. It's like you don't have to just because we're both women. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's I I don't think I've known a couple who who's a uh, same sex couple who've had uh, the same joint party for bachelor or bachelorette parties. But I've heard stories. We were going to go like, to one. It got canceled for uh, the pandemic. We were going to go to one in Vegas, Carolyn. That was a, oh, that was yes. a combined two women were getting married. Yes. Past guests yeah. of the pod, Sarah Kennedy. Yeah. And it was a combined. It was supposed to be a combined party. like Vegas weekend. We were going yeah. there for a lesbian conference anyways, but it was going to like serve as also their bachelor. I just think I'm kind of like, I want my own party. Yeah. For my first wedding, I, uh, <laughs> I I was invited to my wife's bachelorette and I was like, no way. No. Cause if, if I were a dude, it wouldn't be that way. So you go out. But the thing was we had all the same friends. So then it was like all my friends went out without me and then they all had walked away with like these inside jokes. I don't like that. that I wasn't a part of. And then the inside jokes came up throughout the entire wedding weekend. And it was pissing me off so much. I, I mean, I was already like just very stressed out and like emotional and kind of angsty before the wedding, which may have been an omen, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and then yeah. And then they're just like throwing around these inside jokes that I wasn't there for. And then I had my bachelorette separately, but I'm like, well, we didn't come up with inside jokes. What's happening? Like, I get, yeah, I guess it just depends on the dynamic of the couple. Like, do you have do you overlapping friends or do you kind of have your little gang on each side kind of? Um, yeah. So I guess I should be less judgmental about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie and I have the same friends. But I knew like if, if she had come to the one with my friends, which was a lot of friends from high school, then that would have been weird. Like, I don't think she would have would have felt like a like a third wheel or like she shouldn't have been there. You know, yeah, guys, everyone, we're all going to yeah. hang out at the wedding. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oof. Uh, just a low. Man, now I want to kind of go. I kind of want to go to a wedding. I kind of want to get down. I want to put on oh, my suit. Oh, man. I know. Polish I'll get. I kind of want to get married if it means I can see everyone I know and love. <laughs> oh, please, 
Yes. Like, fuck it. And phase, once we roll out phase three, we're going to have a wedding. <laughs> yes. I've already got my suit picked out. Yes. <laughs> got a suit sent to me right before the quarantine, and I haven't been able to ride it out yet. I expected you to dressed up yeah. for this meeting. What if I was in full suit? Oh, man, I should have. Well, darn it. Next time. For an audio medium. What's it like in terms of being like very out and loud and proud uh, at work? Well, I worked at an office in Chicago called Field Notes. It's a, no- po- a popular notebook company. And they're just super awesome and woke and like stopped ordering from a business because they supported Trump kind of company. So it was, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of didn't realize how butch I was until, uh, until you moved to LA. Like, I, <laughs> I guess I'm just like, I just LA where Shane is so, considered like, butch. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess since you left the Midwest, the Midwest is kind of inherently yeah. butch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, I just didn't really, think about it until I started doing stand up and I was like, Oh, I, I could in doing roast shows, honestly, oh, like once you got roasted, roasted, you found out how butch you are. <laughs> a roast is a great way to find out exactly what you like, look huh. like. <laughs> <laughs> I do wear a lot of plaid. <laughs> like I, I, I remember someone who was like, Molly looks like her vibrators is skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, man, that's going to stick with me forever. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really phase me. I just, I am who I am kind of thing. I kind of just, that sounds so lame. But yeah, I'm slowly realizing, like saying I'm butch kind of doesn't feel comfortable, if that yeah. makes any sense. Like, I'm just like, I'm loud <laughs> and I'm like button-ups. <laughs> and I think also you've, uh, like you went to school for art. Um, right now you make like your... A lot of your income is from like your art too. Um, you don't work in like more buttoned up type office environments. I mean, for yeah, work. right now I'm just working at home and I I draw like more architectural looking style homes for people as gifts, and that's just been really I'm really grateful for the work because it's been keeping me zen during locked. Lockdown, What's your handle for your art account so people can look at houses and maybe commission a house drawing? Ooh. Oh, wow. My uh, art account is Carney Creative, and it's spelled, you know, like my name, <laughs> K-E-A-R-N-E-Y. Carney Creative. When I post on there, I have to be like, I do kind of more serious mm-hmm. posts, which is very fun for me. <laughs> You're not talking about your canons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then in in the thing, I'm like, go check out my comedy account, Meat Brick Molly. But it's like I'm so serious. They're like, what <laughs> is this girl's? Yeah. At work, I feel like there are people who are loud and proud about other things more so than I am about being gay. Even though in my life on the whole, I'm very like out and gay and whatever. But then at work when it's like pride month and stuff, I'm definitely not the one that's like, what are we doing for pride month? I'm just like, please don't ask me questions that make me feel weird. Uh, and I worked with a South African woman and she was like, it's Nelson Mandela day. And whenever it was like a South African (laughs) holiday, she would like post things and like educate us around the office. And I'm like, should I be doing this about gay stuff? Should I just be like Marsha P. Johnson? But like, no, I'm like, just leave me alone, everybody. Yeah. I feel like you just kind of ride the wave of whatever 
like, if you don't want to, you're already living your day to day life as a gay woman, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's enough. I've always, I worked in, um, really loose environments in video production through most of my twenties. And it's like, there's no HR and they're, feel like they need to be louder and prouder about gay rights than I do kind of thing. Like everyone's yeah. super liberal and just liberal to the f- point where they're offensive. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they've got all that covered. Well, Molly, I'm glad to hear all about your loud and proud life. And uh, can't wait to hear more about it when we eventually meet in person and hang out and be Loud and proud together. I would enjoy that. We were supposed to record in person, and I cannot wait to see you in person whenever that may be. Yes. I can't wait to get these cannons. (laughs) I can't wait to squeeze those cannons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to our listener question. It's short and sweet. All right. This week's listener question. I'm engaged to the person I want to spend my life with, but she definitely wants kids, and I definitely don't. What should I do? Call off the engagement. Yeah, see, um, I can't answer this question because I'm committed to and living with my longtime girlfriend who definitely wants kids and I definitely don't. So I would love some advice, too. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know uh, if I definitely don't, but I used to definitely not. And maybe I'm like starting to think about it now. But Allie needs kids. And it seems like the listeners partner does too. So I feel unqualified and I would love some advice too. So somebody who's been uh, divorced <laughs> and married twice, and, and that really wasn't the the issue, but I knew that was like an important thing for, uh, for me to be on the same page as the person I was marrying. So even when things like started getting serious with my first wife, I asked uh, if she wanted kids because I knew I definitely wanted kids. And then we moved to New York and then the marriage wasn't going well. And then I was like, I don't want kids anymore. And I think for the same reason, she was like, yeah, I'm cool without having kids too. And it's like, all right, cool. We change on this together. So like, I guess it, it kind of can change, but I don't think you should go into it knowing that you have opposing views. So then when I met Cecilia, Cecilia was very much like, I want to have a family with you. I want to have babies. I'm like, I just spent the last like three years doing mental gymnastics to be very happy with the idea of never having kids and like psyching myself up about it, you know, and being like, yeah, I'll be so much like these are all the benefits, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I want to have kids. And I was like, well, we need to figure this out and I'll try to come around to it. But I cannot like it, it was so clear to her Cause she'd be like, well, I, I love you so much that even if you really don't want kids, that's okay. Just tell me. And I knew that that wasn't okay. I was like, that will, then I will be twice divorced. <laughs> Cause that, that's a huge, a huge thing. A huge thing. Such a huge thing. And also it probably, this issue probably runs rampant in the lesbian or queer woman um, community because we rush into relationships so easily and commit after such short time. And that is at least in my experience, how this issue came into play in my relationship. Like we started dating committed to a long distance relationship within months. And then just like only realized we had different opinions on children, like over two years into the relationship. (laughs) Like I, I think, yeah. 
as we're U-hauling, we have to start asking these questions. I personally think that as we grow older, that people have changes. There's always a change of heart in many things. And I think if you talk to your partner and you go, well, get and get deeper on the subject and be like, why don't you want kids? And they might say like, well, I don't want to change diapers and I, I want to be able to go out on a Friday night and not have to pay a babysitter and pay for your drinks, you know, or you can be, and then the counter argument could be like, well, when we have kids and then when they're out of college, we can go on vacations and it'll be like a big adult <laughs> vacation. And also they won't put us in a home. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That is, it, it, it all depends. Like it's important to me to uh, have like a big family and be a part of a big family because <laughs> then there's just what's the point? <laughs> Whoa! What? I just got I just had a full conversation with myself, and I just had a full existential crisis because honestly, <laughs> that kind of did it for me. Like I was trying to you know for Cecilia to really. Be, like try to envision my life with kids again and as a comedian and what does that mean? And, you know, and then when my grandmother died and I was at the wake and it was just like a family only wake and I looked at the room full of people and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're all here because of this woman, like because she pushed out these kids and like all these positive experiences in my life and like all this love and joy I've experienced is because my grandma had babies and knowing like how much she meant to me, I was like, I want to be a grandma one day, you know? And like that kind of made me come around to it, but it was definitely something that we had talked about extensively. And, and also like, yeah, I know I said, and the engagement at first, I would say talk about it (laughs) and really talk about, yeah, about what, what that means. Reflect, reflect on it one of you is going to have to change your mind <laughs> at some point. Yeah. And I would also say, don't have kids if you don't want to have them. Yeah. Uh, that's not good for, for children. Uh, <laughs> the return they, they policy on those are yeah. crazy hard. <laughs> yeah. And you're never too old to have yeah. kids. Yeah. You can yeah. always adopt. And that's what I want to do. And everybody, yeah. and everybody needs a home. So you can adopt your friend. <laughs> into your home maybe can, not have a kid and just I, I don't know. know can you and Allison adopt me then <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know what I'm gonna adopt this this question person yeah problem solve you guys <laughs> and tonight nice. I'm making turkey burgers <laughs> She's in. Yeah. No, I, I know of couples who there's a, a couple that we've had on the podcast and they've had embryos made and frozen and they're still back and forth on whether or not they want kids. But it's a discussion that they have together and that they're okay ultimately that the most important thing is them being together. Yes. it's a- not, But yeah, if kids are a deal breaker for her and a deal breaker for you, then then figure that out before the wedding, right. please. Molly, you've already said uh, where people can find you on social media, but do you want to plug anything else? Where How can they come to your shows? Or uh, I just started becoming a Twitter person, so uh, that might be a journey for you, but Meat Brick Molly on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, it's Meat Brick like Great. a meat patty, not, not it's nice to meet you. <laughs> it is nice to meet you, though. 
Great. Wonderful. Uh, and you can follow us at Diking Out on all the handles. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn, where I usually post my shows on my Instagram stories. And you can find me at Melody Kamali. And if and when I get booked on a Zoom show this month. I'll let you know about it. Right now, the bookings are slim, and honestly, that's racist and homophobic, but we'll... Very racist and homophobic. Hopefully someone will fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you very much for having me. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, Molly, Molly, for joining us. Oh, you're such a delight, and I love you. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and listen again next week. Be kind to one another. <laughs> Happy Pride. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen... Two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know. It sounds profound, though. Right? Right?